We rewrite the dads. 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 Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Rate the Dads. I'm Danny. I'm Julia. Um, and today we're going to be talking about two dads, one from The Sound of Music and one from Ever After, which is like my favourite movie and I don't know why I haven't done it before. So uh, I'm very excited. I don't like this movie. I don't like this movie because the main character is called Danielle and I don't enjoy it. I don't always enjoy it. <laughs> do you remember? I made you watch it the first day when we moved in together. Do you remember that? I do remember that, yes. <laughs> when I didn't have a bed. <laughs> Yes, because oh. you ordered it for the wrong day. Oh my goodness. Yes, I know. This is this is a whole saga, guys. I um, and also we bought an airbed, like as a temporary yeah. measure and a pump, and we didn't and didn't have any batteries. And then by that point, the shops were closed. So yeah, it's very eventful. <laughs> eventful so unfortunately, day. you had to sleep on my mattress. Oh dear, that's too much information. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, How would yeah, you fit anyway, on my ha- cat bed, Jules? Uh, I curled up really, really, really small, um, and it was still very uncomfortable. I had my, like, yeah. knees in my ears. Um, you, did. you did, indeed. And then I slept on yeah. a cushion. Because yeah, we can. We can do that. I can do that. Uh... We got sidetracked. Let's give a quick recap of the, the general rating rules and then, like, jump right in. Yeah. Um, cool. So we've got... We're going to rate the dads. We're going to give them one out of four grades. Um, so if they don't really do much, and we don't really know much about their parenting ability, they get a flat liner. Mm-hmm. But it's just going to be mentioned and then thrown away. Um, yes. And then, Danny, what, what, what's the best dad? I say valid. Valid. Just valid dad's good. Dad's I mean, like, I just, I feel like valid is good. I don't want to, to look at other people's pairing and judge them too much. Be like, and what's good and what's not. But if it's good for the child, they have a good relationship. They talk to each other a bit. I mean, they don't always have to talk to each other to have a good relationship, but it's like nurturing. They're there for each other. I feel like that's valid. I yeah, it doesn't have to be like you're the you're getting a gold medal of parenting because that's no. just going to make it too high a bar. Yes. And let's be honest, nobody's going to pass. Um, nobody's going to pass. But, the, you know, it, it's got to be just like, you know, like a reasonably good. Reasonably good. Right, and then we've got... Uh, slightly less great is complex dads um these are dads that maybe uh just need a bit of help and advice or maybe aren't putting as much effort in as they should be and so the relationship with their kid is not great but it's not terrible either it just has some issues to work on sometimes it's at a moment of growth or change like your children change as they grow up you know they have different needs. Indeed. Maybe you've yeah. got to adjust your parenting style to as they grow up slightly, and maybe we're just looking at that parent at a moment in time. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're yeah. bad. It's just you know something's not quite clicking. Yeah, indeed. Um, and then uh, we've got the just no dads. Yeah, uh, they're really bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say. the worst. I just wouldn't. Tr- I wouldn't trust them with a child. Like we were doing, we're we're stalks. We've got a list of people. We've got to you know investigate them and see whether we give them a baby or like we're the cabbage patch. We're partners. like the um, fictional adoption agency, right? Like yeah, we're the fictional adoption we're... agency with a gardener with cabbages. I want to be a stork. Okay, you can, can be a stork. Be a I'll be a gardener, and um, they get. 
it's it's just no dads are gonna get denied. Like they're not gonna get approved for it. Kids. No. Rejected. Um, yeah. Cool. Anyway, I'm sure we'll get a bit more into all that in a sec. Um, longest intro ever i know i'm like it's long, it's longer every time and i'm sure people have already listened to this and they know themselves. Uh, yeah <laughs> maybe I, we should come tired. up with like a snap yeah <laughs> i think we i think i did it really fast one time so maybe we should just use that <laughs> yeah just cut it out and put it in every time and be like just ignore the fact that the audio quality does not match it's fine it's danny just says it the exact same way every time we've just got like <laughs> perfect memory for sounds or some some yeah. shit like that there we go yeah. Cool. Right. Okay, um, so let's jump in because I want to talk about ever after. Uh, go for it. Sorry. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't want to reveal too much of the plot of this film, even though it's very obvious what happens because it's basically Cinderella, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I I really love this film. So if you're listening and you haven't seen it, I would suggest go watch it. It might not be your cup of tea, but I think it's wonderful. Um, the kind of idea, the general idea is. Uh, the brothers Grimm, I think, are like they're collecting their fairy stories and they go to um, visit. They get kind of invited to go and visit this sort of like old um, French noblewoman, and she says, "Oh, you know, I read your Cinderella story, and I thought it was good, but it's kind of a bit fantastical and ridiculous. And let me tell you the real story. So it's like Cinderella, but it's a bit more realistic. There's not any kind of magic or any of that kind of thing, I mean, and it's set in a real historical brothers- location and like." The Brothers Grimm didn't write Cinderella, I don't think, did they? It was Charles Perrault, but I, they have two guys in the thing, so it's like, it's two people. I think it's Somebody the, they don't ever tell you like, who it's it the is. Brothers. Like, it's the Brothers. Yeah, like, it's, it's just it's a framing device, one. it's not... It's a framing device. Yeah, it's not super important, it's like, here, just have a little brief intro to the fact that this is Cinderella, but it's not like, like, crazy Cinderella, it's like, realistic down-to-earth Cinderella... Um, and then go in, into the movie. Enjoy. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then we have um, uh, Drew Barrymore plays uh, Danielle de Barbarac, who is our Cinderella character. Um, and then the amazing Angelica Houston is the evil stepmother character. I love her so much. Um, and then great. we have like the prince, who's Prince Henry. And then we have uh, like his family. He's got the king, um, King Francis, and his mom, and all that sort of stuff. It's great. No. Um, anyway, so dads, um, there are two dads. I have a question, just just for yes, curiosity. Does Lucy Punch play one of the ugly sisters again? Because I think she's made it her life's mission to play an ugly sister no. in every production of Cinderella. Aww. She doesn't. They, they don't really she's do great. it as sort of like the classic ugly sister anyway. They're, they're not like kind of. I mean, Marguerite's kind of a bit ridiculous, but she is. I don't know, she's sort of styled as actually quite classically beautiful. And then mm. Jacqueline is, like, the, the pudgy one, but she's down to earth and she's actually kind of nice, but she's, she's not just... not really pudgy, either. Yeah, she's... They just she's, say she's pudgy. She's gorgeous! They just dress her like that. They put her in big, like, poofy-sleeved things that make her look bigger than she actually is. Um, but she's, like... <laughs> she is gorgeous. I know, it's um, like... Anyway... Well, Lucy Punch is it ugly. She's very pretty, but it's just, I think she just, no, but... she says that she wants to play. I think I read a thing about how she's saying, she's like, I want to play the ugly sister for my whole life. Like, yeah, yeah, I've seen that as well. I think it's like, <laughs> the classic ugly sister thing is that they dress them up in like stupid looking dresses and have stupid looking hair and make them yeah. really, you know, just not flattering stuff and show them as being yes. kind of ridiculous, which they don't really do in this. Um, oh. Yeah. Anyway, so back to the dads. Yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. You went away. Um, right, yeah, so two dads. There is Cinderella's dad, Danielle's dad. Um, and as usual with all Cinderella's, he dies pretty early on. Um, you know, and then she gets left with the evil stepmom and stepsisters. Um, but he seems before that, before like inconveniently dying, wonderful and lovely father. Um, like really dotes on his daughter. And there's this whole kind of sort of bit all the way through where she has the last book that he ever brought her because he's like a merchant and he goes to different cities. He always comes back and he brings her a gift and it's always a book and they like read together. So the last one that he brings her back is Utopia by Thomas More. Um, and so she like kind of keeps that all the time. She's read it so many times that she's like memorized lots of stuff from it. Um, and he seems to like really want her to be well educated. Uh, but he still lets her kind of, because she's just a kid, like she's like eight or nine or something, I think, when he's supposed to die. And she's just like rambunctious and she like plays with, you know, this like local peasant boy and gets into like mud fights and that kind of stuff. You get the idea that she has a very wonderful and happy childhood until it all goes horribly wrong. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm gonna put him down as valid even though we don't see him for very long because it's obviously a very important relationship in her life and molds her in lots of positive ways. Yeah. Going back. Yeah, anyway. Um, and then we have uh, King Francis who is uh, Prince Henry's dad. And honestly, he's, he's played by, um, who is it? Uh, by Timothy West. And he is um, just, like, I don't know. It's Chef's Kiss. I love his performance. Um, it's great. Um, I, I don't know what I can say about that, other than that he's great. Uh, I remember him being yes. kind of, like, twinkly. He had a twinkle in his eye. Yeah, he's kind of a bit, he's, but in a grumpy way, if that's possible. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. he seems incredibly stressed about the fact that his son does not want to do what he's supposed to do. Um the whole uh, kind of plot on the prince's side revolves around the fact that he's supposed to get married by a certain point and they're trying to arrange a marriage with him with um, this uh, Spanish princess and he doesn't want to do it and he wants to kind of, I don't know, be free from all of his responsibilities and his life and his gilded cage and um, his dad's just like, oh, God's sake, why will my like only slightly older than teenage son just not like do what I tell him to do all the time and why does he want to just God, bunk off and climb out the window and run away and their own will yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, there's there's some really like absolutely classic lines um, I don't want to do them injustice but I feel, feel like it is when um, they're having this argument and the prince is like I don't want to do uh, you know I don't want to get married um and the king's like, you've got to make a choice by this date or else. And he's like, or oh, what? what? What are you going to do, dad? And the king's like, I shall simply deny you the crown and uh, live forever. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, that's, just, that's a twinkle moment. It's like, you know it's you're being good. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And there's just the queen in the background who's just sort of like mildly amused and sort of letting them get on with it. Um, she's like, yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh. Mm. It's great. Um, so their relationship kind of is pretty rocky at the beginning. And then he meets Danielle and they have all of their like romance stuff. I'm not gonna get into it. Watch it. It's great. It's not too it's not cheesy really. It's a little bit cheesy, but it's not like as cheesy as most Cinderella things are. Um and he starts to grow up a little bit, the prince. 
and he starts to kind of like take his responsibility seriously a bit more and wants to make like the country better um and he comes back to the palace one day after having snuck out and spent the whole night out in the woods um and he you know wakes up the king and the queen and he's like father i want to start a university i've had this great idea um and it's kind of a little bit of a turning point uh they still have you know they still come to a kind of blows i guess over the whole arranged marriage thing um until right near the end where they're gonna have this big ball and it's like his um ultimatum is he has got to pick somebody of his own choice by that day or he's gonna marry uh he's gonna marry the spanish princess and they're sort of standing around um waiting for like the ball to start and they're just dressed up and he's kind of moping in the castle of the prince because he thinks uh he's never gonna see the person he loves ever again um and the king comes in and he's like you know what i've maybe been a little bit harsh i've maybe put you under too much pressure you don't actually have to go through with this if you don't want to you don't have to pick somebody today or you don't have to to marry this princess like we can give it a bit more time um let it go for a bit longer and and you know figure out where you want to go because i think he's sort of seen that his son is a bit more motivated to be actually to be a prince and to be learning about his responsibility in the country and so he's sort of realized that actually taking a step back here might be good for their relationship and also might be maybe good for him developing as a statesman is that the right word it's not really the right word you know what i mean yeah, learning how to be a king is giving him an opportunity to, like, king with training wheels while his dad's still alive. Exactly. Anyway. Um, and so that's kind of where you leave it. The, the relationship doesn't develop any further than that. Um, but I would say, I don't know, he's not, he's not a great dad, but he's not a terrible dad, so I think he's going to probably end up in complex, which I think is quite interesting because a lot of the time the king dads are either really good dads and bad kings... Or they're really good kings and bad dads. Yeah. And we have one yeah. that's kind of... He, they don't really comment on his, like, you know, abilities as a monarch, to be honest, in this show. They're just focused on his relationship with his kids, so they can kind of leave it in there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We've not had that before. Anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of king dads, like, the conflict is that, you know, you they have to choose between their love of their children and what's best for their kingdom. It's kind of like the built-in mm. conflict in the story. Whereas yeah. Whereas isn't really so much. I mean, he is. He's trying to force his kid to get married for the good of the kingdom, but he does relent on that. So, mm. And I think it's also a, more of a... I'm really frustrated. Like, he's really frustrated with his son not doing what he's supposed to do and not kind of obeying his father's orders. That it's almost just a point that he has to try and make him do this one thing rather than they don't really show you why it's going to be beneficial for the kingdom and yeah. why he's, you know, decided yeah. that he needs to get married now, you know? It's just yeah. like, I want you to do what I'm telling you to do. Sure. Um, sure. You tired? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. That's no problem. I'm just... You sounded yawny. Cool. Um, yeah, anyway, watch this movie. Angelica Houston is fantastic in it. Um, it's wonderful. It's great. Uh, Danny. Your turn. Oh, yeah. Um, I like the movie. Uh, I don't remember it as well as you. I think I've seen it once. I've seen it like seven or eight times. 
I just sometimes when movies have the same when characters in movies have the same name as me, I'm just like, oh, I don't enjoy it. It's a bit <laughs> awkward. Yeah, and they do say that quite a lot. Full name. It's like I'm in trouble all the time, and they're like Danielle. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, they do. They're like Danielle. <laughs> quite like, a lot. Oh no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So. But it's a good movie. People should watch it. Except if your name's Danielle, and then I don't know. Go into it cautiously. Yeah. Uh, cool. All Sound right. Music? So we're going to talk. Sound of music. We're going to talk about Captain Von Trapp, who I believe I didn't realize this, but I believe his name is Georg. Like his his given name. I don't know if that's a name. That's what they call him. His friends, his adult friends, call him Georg. Okay, I did not know that. So as I was saying to Danny before. I'm probably the only person in the universe that hasn't actually watched The Sound of Music, so... You should actually watch it, Jules. It's like, it's got some really nice cinematography in it. It does, but you just told me it's that it was like... three hours long, and I don't it's have that kind of time. <laughs> Maybe in, like, uh, two years. It's... You keep bugging me, I'll go around to it. It's, like, it's really beautiful. There's some beautiful scenery, but I'm only going to read the highlighted bits because I took a bunch of notes. Um, okay, so... Uh, Maria's a nun. I'll give her a brief intro. Maria's a nun and she's, um, everybody's worried that she's not going to be a great young nun because she's kind of like exuberant and, um, she's really devoted to God, but also she's very excitable. She's like, you know, she's not got the kind of nun sort of peacefulness to be really like, to be able to sit in an abbey all day and just pray. She's just like, I want to, like, I, she wants to go out and, yeah. um, and sing on the mountains, whatever. She's, she's breaking the so mold. Yeah, she's breaking the mold. They're like, mm, okay, let's give her a little bit of a test and see if she's, if she should actually be in the outside world. Let's give her a taste of it and see if she likes it. They send her to be a governess of seven children. And she's like, seven children? <laughs> I'm like, I agree. That's too much. That's quite uh, a lot, yeah. The, the mother is dead. Uh, we don't know how long ago it was. Um, but the children have got to have a governess for the summer before they go back to school. And they've got through 12 of them. And you find out one of them only lasted two hours. Um, <laughs> Weak. Uh, yeah, so you meet the dad. He's kind of he's very he's kind of intimidating. He's a he's a naval officer. He's that's why he's a captain. Um, he's got very sexy and he's kind of rude. <laughs> Classic. Classic also sexy and rude. Christopher Plummer. Class he's also played by Christopher Plummer, Plummer R.I.P. Who died recently uh, at ninety-one. Uh, mm. Um, so uh, she asks what's wrong with the children after she hears that governess lasted two hours and he says there's nothing wrong with the children I'm like well, we'll come back to this later we'll put a pin in that <laughs> is it sort of like he's willfully ignorant of their faults kind of situation uh, I don't I don't know I don't know if he's being willfully ignorant or if he's just actually ignorant <laughs> okay <laughs> there's a couple of bits where I'm like are you being deliberately obtuse because you don't want to deal with it, or you do you just not notice what's going on? <laughs> anyway, okay, so he he calls the children down with a whistle. So like he he um he has like a like a boat whistle, and he whistles for his children, and there are different whistles that mean different things. Okay. Um, and all the children, like he whistles, and then they all come out of the room, and then they line up at the top of the stairs, and then they march down the stairs, um, and then they like stand in a line to attention. And then um, he whistles their particular code and they come out and they say their name to Maria. So they're like, uh, so he uses the whistle rather than their names to call them because he doesn't want people shouting in the house because it's a big house. 
Okay, so um, it's kind of like a weird military thing. Yeah. He, he runs the house like he runs a ship. Uh, they all wear matching clothes. They're like little grey navy uniforms. Uh, like... <laughs> this is insane! <laughs> I can't believe I've never seen this film. <laughs> I think you would enjoy it. Probably would. Uh, one of them is late. I think it's Brigitte who's late. She's reading a book in the library and she comes in late. Uh, there's like a gap because they all have to be in age order when they come down the stairs. And there's like a gap for Brigitte. She's somewhere in the middle. Um, he takes the book from her and like she turns around. He he gently he gently gives her like a light tap on the butt with a book. She's late. Um, uh, he tries to get Maria, the the nun, the, the new governess, to whistle. Um, and he tries to give her like a like a whistle code for, for her to come when he calls her. And she's like, I will absolutely not do that. Thank you. I'm um, an adult and I can names. make these choices for myself. <laughs> One wonders whether uh, some of the uh, uh, governesses didn't last because of the dad rather than because of the children. Uh, they never, they never explicitly say, but I think it is. It's quite a lot of the children. Like um, she, she meets the dad goes away. He's like, "All right, I'll leave you to get along with the children. You have to." The first rule in this house is discipline or whatever. Bedtime is mm. to be strictly observed or some. I don't know. There's a bunch of other rules as well. I didn't yeah. them down. Um. So the children introduce themselves and it's like, Liesl's like, I don't need a governess. And Frederick's like, I'm impossible. And then Kurt's like, I'm incorrigible. And then um, one of them tries to trick Maria by uh, saying that she's Brigitte, when she's actually Louisa. And Maria doesn't fall for this. Good for her. Um, it's difficult. You've only uh, just met some kids. Like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're all like, oh, you should definitely come late to dinner. And you should definitely uh, complain to father. So like that. they're trying to set her up to fail. Yeah. Um, uh, she calls them like uh, they have to go outside to go and march. <laughs> what? For? Because they're not allowed to play. They're oh. not allowed to play. They have to go do exercise outside. <laughs> that's 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 just not good for your kids. They shouldn't be able to uh, play around. Um, she calls them them poor dears, and then um, as she as she's going up the stairs and they're leaving the house, um, she realizes they put a frog in her pocket. And apparently for Fräulein Helga, it was a snake, the housekeeper tells her. Well, a frog is definitely um, less scary than a snake. It's still pretty yeah, startling. I see. Um, so, like, uh, then they come down, then it's dinner time, and she kind of guilts them. She's like, oh, thank you so much for this welcome gift. I, You know, it's so scary being here in this house with people I don't know, but you made me feel so welcome. She guilts them, basically, yeah. and then the children all start crying because they feel bad. Um, and Captain Rod Trapp is just baffled by this. Um, uh, he also, they also put like a pine cone on her seat as well. So when she sits on it, she like leaps up and it's like, ha ha. Um, he's like, uh, is this like a weird thing from the Abbey that you do? And I'm like, are you actually blind? Do you not see your children playing pranks on the governess? Or are you just, yeah, <laughs> you just like, oh, it's hazing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Liesl, the daughter, asks to be excused because Ralph, the the Nazi, I mean, we don't know. I mean, it's, as a grown-up, I can look at it now and be like, mm -hmm. oh, he is a Nazi, I see. But when I was a kid, I didn't pick up on the, um, until, like, you see at the end where he's in the uniform and stuff. Anyway, oh. Rolf's here delivering a telegram. Um, and uh, she asks her dad who delivers the telegram. He's like, oh, it was uh, Rolf or whatever. Um, and then she's like, oh, can I be excused from the table? He doesn't notice that his daughter immediately wants to leave the table. 
when a boy is here. But Maria does. She's like, hmm. <laughs> yes, that is suspicious. <laughs> That's suspicious. Uh, so he's, uh, the telegram is about him bringing his girlfriend back to see the children from Vienna. He goes to Vienna a lot. They complain about this. Um, uh, sometimes he goes there for like a month. Uh, so maybe, I don't know, maybe it's for work or whatever, but, um, he certainly goes with his girlfriend. Um, and, uh, that's the end of dinner. And then Liesl and Rolf do like, I am, um, they do a song together or whatever. And you're like, ah, oh, this was cuter when I was younger and I didn't know what I do now. Anyway. Uh, ah. then, so the housekeeper says to Maria that ever since the captain lost his wife, he runs the house like a ship, uh, no music or playing, uh, nothing that reminds him of his wife and that he spends so, like a lot of time away from the children. Uh, there's a thunderstorm and all the children are afraid and they run into Maria's room rather than their dad's, even though they just met her, um, because they're afraid. Uh, uh, and then they're all kind of like, she's making them feel better by singing a song, you know, like the, my favorite thing song. You oh, this uh, yes. The one that everybody effort. knows. The one that everybody knows. Um, uh, he comes in and complains and says that bedtime has to be strictly observed, even though the children were afraid of the storm. <laughs> and he's like, first rule in this house is discipline. You have to go to bed. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. And he's like, but they're children. And he's like, yes, but I'm their father. <laughs> um, so, and then he, he leaves the kids in the morning to go to Vienna to go pick up his girlfriend. Uh, and he's away for a couple of days. Uh, and while dad's away, the children have fun with Maria. Like she makes them clothes and they sing Do a Deer and she teaches them how to sing and stuff like that. They're fun. Um, and the only thing I'll mention is that while they're play while they're like hanging out with Maria, um, she's like, why are you're such nice children? I don't understand why you pay all these horrible tricks and stuff. And they say that they play tricks on the governess, um, for their father's attention. Like, this, like how else can we get his attention? Yeah. Doesn't seem um, to be working so a huge amount, though, to be honest. Not no. that kids think about it logically like that. Yeah, yeah, they don't really. Um, so then Dad's coming back. Um, his children are playing in trees. Um, and uh, one of the people that's in the car with him, his friend Max, is like, who are these children? He's like, oh, just some village children. So I don't know if he doesn't recognise them or if he just pretends not to, because he does mention, like, were those children playing in the trees, my children? And she's like... Mary's like, yeah, yeah, they were. He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no playing, no fun loud. Yeah, exactly. He does see Rolf trying to throw rocks at Liesel's window um, and tells him to like scram. He's like, uh, like, what, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I have a telegram. Uh, and he's like, uh, great, then deliver your telegram and then get lost. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's just because he doesn't like him because he says Heil Hitler or if because he doesn't like the fact that he's sniffing around Liesl. I don't think he notices the Liesl thing. But that being said, willful blindness or just pretending not to notice. I don't know. That's probably anyway, a combination of those. Sorry, yeah, you go ahead. Yes. No. Uh, children are playing on a boat. They fall in the water. Um, like, they're all wet when he introduces them to his girlfriend. Um, I think he finds it quite... F- he think he's torn between finding it amusing and being really annoyed. <laughs> his children are sort of embarrassing him in front of his friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Surely that's what you expect when you uh, have kids. You're like, at some point, they're going to embarrass me in front of my friends. In front of other grown-ups. In front of important um, people, probably. 
I don't know. I think he was. I think. Well, I think he quite wants to make them to make a good impression on the Baroness because he wants to marry her, kind mm. of. Um, so I can see like uh, why he would be uh, be annoyed about that. Um, but he kind of he 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 tries to give Maria um, like a dressing down, like you're supposed to be like taking care of my children. Why are you like letting them run wild or whatever? Mm. And she's like, oh, you're never here. She gives him the straight up truth about all of his children. Like she gives him facts. They don't know about it. Like. How Liesl's growing up, and one day she's going to be a woman. How uh, Friedrich, the older boy, really wants to be grown up like him, but uh, there's nobody to show him. And how Kurt gets really upset whenever he like pushes uh. him away. Um, and like how Brigitte's really smart and notices everything and stuff like that. So like she's giving him, she's giving him and the stuff that he needs to hear, presumably. Um, and he like fires her. Of course he does. <laughs> uh, she also says that they they're they're like too afraid of him to to complain to him, which I think is also mm-hmm. fair. He's quite scary. Um, and he fires her um, but then he takes it back when he hears the children sing really nicely for the Baroness um, and like he gives them a hug and stuff like that I think it's a moment of growth for him like I think he um, saw his children doing something nice and that Maria had had a good influence yeah. on them uh, yeah so he gives them a hug and smiles and apologises to Maria and admits he doesn't know what's going on with his children and asks her to stay so I put yeah. growth he has learned his growth here. full amount uh yeah 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 um he he watches his children put on a puppet show uh uh which like you're like this is i've actually put here where did this come from it's so like it's it's just a lot there's a lot of puppets there's a lot of sets it's incredibly detailed i don't understand where it came from and then i realized that his friend his like the smooch the uh the his, his friend who, like, sort of bums around rich people and <laughs> sort of, like, living off of their money has ordered it for the children and put it and uh, put the bill in Captain Von Trapp's name. <laughs> so, yeah, it's me mentioning this. It's quite funny. Is this like, also one of those bits oh, in, like, Max. old movies where they're like, and now just for something that you're going to watch all the way through, even though you don't really need to for the plot development? We're just gonna... <laughs> you really don't need it, on it. Um, to be honest. Uh yeah, it's just a it's just a nice song. Um, uh, it's the yodeling song. Anyway, um, so and then Max, the the friend, he like I don't know, he like he he manages. He's like a stage mm-hmm. manager or like a like an agent yeah. or something. He manages acts, and he says that he wants to put the children on stage. The Von Trapp family singers, and the the dad's like Max, my children don't sing in public. <laughs> Uh, he's like, no, 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 no. Every time Max is he doing this like, to like <laughs> protect his kids from the evils of show business? Okay, so it's not just like I think so. Yes. Um. He, well, he complains he, earlier in the film before Max even mentions his children singing. Like when you first get introduced to Max, he says that he's like, oh, Max, you take all the money from oh, Max, and um, yeah, they famous forever. So I think it is. Um. Uh. I think it's it's most it's sort of to protect them, but also I guess he I mean Max is his friend, but I don't imagine yeah. he trusts them all the way with his children. Although he is a good guy, as we'll see in the end. Anyway, uh, so he sings. Um, the children ask him to sing, and he kind of gets cajoled into it, and he sings Edelweiss, Edelweiss, which is a uh, it's a I think it's like a super Austrian song about the Austrian flower and about is Austrian it? culture and country and stuff which will be important later uh i put in my notes here i've started this movie too late because i think at this point how much of it is left to go 
That's a long okay. last Summarize, summarize. <laughs> uh the but there's like uh i will i try it so the um so there's like a party because he's throwing it for the baroness um the captain von chapel falling in love with maria this will be important later he he hates the nazis he he keeps being rude to all the nazis who like the the austrian nazis who are pro uh austria and germany this is just reminding me of that book book that we tried to read so yeah yeah uh it's 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 uh, it's a different perspective on it um uh but anyway um maria runs away back to the abbey because uh i think she's she's up she's, she doesn't want to deal with feelings uh and also the baroness kind of like uh says not so some mean things to her but manipulates her a little bit um and uh the the dad tells um, the children about the plans to marry the Baroness. They're not especially happy about it. Um, Maria gets a pep talk from the Reverend Mother and is like, "You, she's like, you can't be in the Abbey and run away from your problems. You have to face them." Uh, so um, the children go to see Maria because she's gone back to the Abbey, um, and she's not allowed to see them. She's in seclusion. Um, so they come back without being able to see her. But the dad's like, "Where were you? You like disappeared for several hours." Um, and they won't tell him where they went. Uh, he's like, oh, where are you going? And one of the children um, was like, oh, we were berry picking. Do they have any berries? He doesn't believe them. <laughs> he's pretty sure. He's like, no. He's like, oh, so where are your berries then? And they're like, oh, um, we ate them. <laughs> it's funny because there's also another bit where he's like, oh, what were you picking? And they're like, oh, blueberries. And it's like, oh, it's too late in the year for blueberries. They're like, oh, no, it's actually we were eating strawberries. And they're so cold lately, they turn blue. And all the kids look at Friedrich for this terrible Try harder. Friedrich. Really? And he's like, I'm sorry. Anyway, so they're like, he's like, oh, where are your berries? Like, oh, we ate them all. And he's like, you ate thousands of berries? Oh, my gosh. I guess you're not hungry for dinner then. We'll just have to cancel it. And they're like... We 100% knows that they're lying to him. Like, you see him smile as he walks away. Yeah, to be fair, though, this does strike me as he's paying a lot more attention to what his kids Um, are doing than he used to be. You know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, Maria comes back after the pep talk, and he's like, oh, he lets them have dinner. Um, Countess breaks up with the the captain, and he's trying to break (laughs) up with her. (laughs) Which is quite funny. Um, then there's like there's a uh, Captain Maria confess their love to each other and smooch. They, the only thing I will say is that um, that he's like, is there anybody I should ask permission for before I uh, marry you? And um, they're both like say at the same time the children, so that's quite nice. They're thinking about the children and mm. their their feelings on this wedding. Uh, they get married. Um, uh, the children are involved in the wedding, like Friedrich and Liesel are kind of best man and the oh, that's good. maid of honour or whatever, which is nice. Uh, they go away for their honeymoon. They've got belly any notes left, so don't worry. Um, they go away for their honeymoon and um, uh, the Max, in the while the captain's been away, has signed the children up. Of course for he the has. Folk, the folk contest. Got to take advantage of those uh, opportunities when they arise. <laughs> got to hustle. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, um, and also, while they've been gone, um, 
the the thingy. I can't remember what it's called. I think it begins with A. The thing where the Nazis took over Austria. I can't remember what it's called either because I blocked all of that out of my mind after reading that book uh, and being like, "This is stressing me out too much." Uh. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's stress, stressful. Um, so that's happened. Um, and um, one of the little toady Nazis come around. It's like, oh, Captain von Trapp's house is the only one that not that's not flying the Nazi flag. Um, so we put one up for him. <laughs> And you, you, and as uh, you cut back and the cat's in the front of his house, he's like pulling the flag down over it. You know, and they came back early when they heard about the the Nazi takeover thing, um, and they're gonna try and get the children, I think, to leave Austria as soon as possible. Um, but they get a a telegram for the captain calling him back to take out to report to the Admiral of the Third Reich. Um, to be part of the, the Nazi Navy. Um, and he's like, absolutely not. <laughs> Austria is my best friend. I hate Nazis. Um, uh, so they, they try and leave in the middle of the night. But the butler squeals on them. Um, so uh, to to get out of the, the captain being dragged away by the Nazis to Germany, they say that they're going to sing in the contest. Um, which they do as the Von Trapp family singers, and then they kind of escape afterwards over the mountains um, because the borders was closed. So they, they're going over the mountains on foot with their children to Switzerland. And that's the end of the movie. And Rolf's the little... Rolf, Rolf, Rolf is a squealer and a narc as well. So, that's it. Oh, and the nuns, they sabotage the... Actually, I just want to point out, they hide in the abbey where, where Maria was um, being a nun novitiate or whatever um and uh the nuns sabotage the nazi's cars which is pretty crap they're like reverend mother uh we've sinned it's like what have you done my children and they hold out bits of the cars they take it out so the nazis can't follow them i think he's i think he's valid i think he's i think he's a valid dad uh yeah i think i think i think he is valid he's he's um He's, I think he's a little, I think he's very sad at the beginning. Like he mentions to the Baroness that like all the light and the happiness had got out of his life after his wife died. I think he was dealing with a lot of grief. Um, and he, he sort of had to use the discipline from the Navy to kind of help himself through that. Uh, but he grows from it and he comes back and he's a good dad to his children, I think. So yeah, valid. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Um, I'm going to have to watch this movie at some point. Anyway, uh, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, send us an email. Our email address is wewritethedads at gmail.com. Uh, we've got Twitter. And Danny might reply to you if you tweet at her. Or she might not. Who knows? Anyway, bye!